So I'd like to read to you from uh, the 22nd chapter of Matthew, and you'll, you'll, you'll know this immediately. We've, it seems like this fall, this has been the theme of almost everything that we've been talking about, and so you've heard it over and over and over again, but we're going we're gonna to read this one more time. Matthew 22, verses 34 to 40. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, or a lawyer, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. And everybody said, okay, let's go back. We're going to start all over this reading, because apparently some people are still having a tryptophan reaction. Okay, we're going to go back a little bit. I'm going to introduce this a little bit. So Jesus has been going back and forth with some of the religious leaders, okay? They're basically, it's, it's, like, it's as if a Baptist and a Catholic, and a Presbyterian, and a Methodist all got together, and they're just arguing about finer points of, the, of theology. And that's what they're doing with Jesus here. In this, in this section of chapter 22, at least, um, there, there's, there, there are just questions about these kinds of sort of interdenominational you know, or interreligious um, questions that the Jews are asking Jesus, and Jesus is basically schooling all of them. Like they're trying to trip him up to see if they can, to see if they can show that he's a fraud or something, and and he, he's just he's just not having it. And so, hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together, and so they decided to they're going to th- they're going to try to ask him a question and see where his theology is. Is he orthodox or not? I mean, this is, that's always seems to be the question, right, with theology. Is, are you orthodox or not? Are you, are, you in, are you in our family or are you in somebody else's family in, in this sort of thing? And so one of them, an expert in the law, so he's a theological expert, okay? I mean, we say lawyer, but he really, what, he mean, what they mean is he's an expert in the Torah. He understands the religious law thoroughly and has studied it and, and, and probably does some teaching with it. So he tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment, and the second is like it. And all of you said... Thank you. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. All of the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. We've been sold a bill of goods in our culture. Everything that we think about love begins with hormones, attractions, and feelings. That's what we're taught, right? 
I mean, if you watch, if you if you watch any of the you know the Hallmark, even the the, the good ones, you know the Hallmark love story movies, it's always there's you know at some point there's this feeling that happens, and it's really this warm and wonderful thing that happens, and all of a sudden you're swept away by your shining knight or by your shining goddess, and and you know and 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 here you are and you're in love and it's happily ever after, and you and and never never. A, a cross word will come across, you know, to you, and and you're just going to ride this feeling and this emotion forever. And oftentimes, when people separate or or, or move apart from each other, um, you know, in terms in relationship, they're like, you know, I just I lost that love and feeling, right? And we write songs about this stuff that that it's a that we we just we have this thing that it's about emotion, it's about attraction, it's about you know I mean again if you want to get base about it it's it's about the the hormones that happen in this in this whole crazy thing of, of who we are and yes there's there's a lot about how we end up picking perhaps the person that we end up with there's a lot of that going on. I mean, there, there, is something, there is something biological, physiological about that, and I think God designed us in some ways that way. But what we, but what we miss in that is that that's not all that love is. That's not all that love is. We really, we really have been sold this thing that love is just purely an emotion, and that if we're not feeling it, we must not be in love anymore. Well, one, one person, one um, sort of philosophy kind of person posits that there's a, there are four kinds of love. One is just that sort of that infantile kind of love, meaning you're, you're, you're de- it, it's like the love, the love that a child initially has for the parent because the parent provides everything. It's a dependency. And, and, at that, and at that point, it's needed, right? I mean, because a child can't, can't defend themselves, can't clean up after themselves, can't do, you know, do all those sorts of things. We know, we know that without love, without, without, without love and touch, a child, if left alone in a crib, will turn to the side of the crib, will stop crying at some point because it's not getting any attention, and it will die. So this is a very necessary part of, of love in, in, terms of our, in terms of our growing up. So there's, there's, a, there's a part of this. However, some people never get past this. They're always going around looking for someone to provide for all of their emotional and physical needs. They never get past this infantile codependence or just dependence on someone else. And so you see them sort of go from relationship to relationship to relationship to relationship to relationship because they never, they never figure out how to how to really form a bond beyond just that, that, that desperate needing. The second level is that there is, there, there's a mutuality, in a sense, but it's sort of a horse trading sort of thing. Like, okay, you, you know, I, I scratch your back, you scratch mine. Okay, I scratch your back, you scratch mine. Like, we do these things for each other. Okay, we do these things for each other, and so in some sense, that's, there, can, there can be love in that, because you do, and in a sense, we, in any loving relationship, there is, part of it is that, isn't it? Sometimes we do things, and, and, and there's an expectation that there will be something reciprocated. It's probably not the best way, 
Because really what you have there is you just have a business contract. You've got a business partner. You do this, I do that. It's a, you know, that's, we, we, we fulfilled our obligations. Thank you. You know, Tell death do us part and, and then our obligation's over. Or whatever. The third level is that you love and you give love because that's who you are. You're not looking to get back. You're not looking, you're not, you're not doing it because, because then you think that someone's going to return love to you, even though that may happen. You're just, you're just wanting to give this other person love and care and concern because that's who you are. Because that's who you are. And the best human relationships, the best human relationships that we call love relationships, are, are, are these, where both partners are just are giving into the relationship more often than not, not because, not because they're doing it so that he'll be nice to me, or that so she'll say how great a guy I am because I did the laundry, but just because that's what you do. You, you, you give love because that's who you are and that's what you do. And you notice how I'm talking about this is that it's not just an emotion. Love, in a sense, is an act of will. It's, there are actions associated with that. If all someone did was say, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, and you never saw any action that backed that up, would you believe it? No. They say, I love you, but then they don't, you know, they just ignore you the rest of the time. Like, well, what is this all about? What does that mean? And the fourth level is is sort of this what we would what what you know what we would call um, this this highest level. It's like a, you know a, a Nelson Mandela, a Mother Teresa. You know, you 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 love even your enemies. You love even your enemies. And that, that takes some doing. That takes some doing. And I think that's why it's so difficult for us to, to, to talk about passages about love because, because oftentimes when we, when we think about love, we're thinking about it like an emotion and, and it's hard to conjure emotion for people who aren't like us. It's hard for a sustained period of time. Why, why, do you, why do you think you know, a lot of the folks who are trying to get you to give money, say, to some, to some mission thing in Africa, why do they show, you, why do they show us the pictures of the babies with, that, that, that are malnourished? Because you know, they're conjuring emotion. Because that's, because that's oftentimes then how we get hooked into it. Conjuring emotion. But it's hard to sustain that emotion long term. It's hard to sustain that over time without something that, that comes in and, and connects us in a deeper way with that particular mission or ministry or something like that. You know, we, we, we need to take action in that and, and, and then probably have, in some ways have that action reciprocated to us to show us that it's making a difference in order for us to, to continue to love someone who is much different than we are. It's hard enough to make a relationship with someone who's different than we are to show love 
And I think that's what's so hard about, about Christianity a lot of the times. Is because it's calling us it's calling us to, to do things and to be things that we're not necessarily want to do. It, goes, it seemingly goes against our nature to expand our circle outside of someone who can give us back something. Very few of us, if we're really honest about it, go much beyond contractual relationships. Quid pro quo. That's just, I mean, it's, it's, it's the way it is. Even, in, even for, a lot of, um, for a lot of love relationships, people, people who've been married or people who live together, people whatever, I mean, for, uh, for a lot of it it's, it, it's still very much a contractual, you know, sort of relationship. It's a connection. It's not really love, in my opinion. I mean, it's, a, it's like the second level of love, but it's really, more about, it's really more of a connection than it is about love. To get, to get beyond that contractual thing, you, you've got to be able to move beyond yourself, in a sense. Move beyond just thinking about yourself. And so that's why I think Jesus talks to here about these two things together, loving God and loving your neighbor. Because I believe without, without God's love and without the Spirit of God in us, it makes it very difficult for us to reach out in love for our neighbor. Without us having an understanding of a God who never gives up on us, a God who isn't looking for some sort of contractual relationship, but lives into a covenantal relationship, without that, it's very difficult for us to, to love our neighbor. And so I think that's why Jesus talks about these together. Frederick Buechner, who is a um, a Christian writer, a Presbyterian, he, he talks about that love is probably the most powerful force in the universe because it is the only power that can conquer the human heart. I mean, just think about that for a minute. Real love is the only power that can really conquer and change the human heart. I mean, how, how many times have you been convinced purely by reason? I mean, that may convince you here, but does that change your heart? How you really feel, how you really act? But he also says it's, the most, it's one of the most powerless things in the universe because it can only change someone and change the human heart through consent. You have to be open to having your heart changed. You have to be open to, to, to hearing and being, and being bathed in that love. And so that's why many of us, because we, we, we've gotten hurt when we've, when we've extended ourselves in certain ways, we've had our hearts broken, we're very guarded about that. We're very guarded about letting anyone get too close, even God. 
because that might change us. It might open up those old scars. It might, it might cause us to have to be and do differently than what we are now. But the love of God, and we often say God is love, right? God is the most powerful force in the universe. God doesn't give up on us. If there's anything in Scripture that's just a repeated theme is is that God is in relationship with with the people that God created and, and, and continues to create and that the people keep betraying God and God keeps coming back for more. <laughs> Saying, I will not forsake you. I mean, there are a few times in Scripture where it's interesting where it seems like God gets con- convinced not to forsake us. <laughs> and then in the New Testament, we have, we have Jesus who comes and basically says, I'm going to show you the way because I am the way and the truth and the life. And I'm going to show you how to live And I'm going to show you how to live a life of self-sacrificing love, of that fourth level of love. Loving one's enemies. Giving oneself completely and fully. It says in the Scripture that, you know, there are people who who would give their life for a friend, but there aren't very many people who would give their life for an enemy. And that's the kind of love that, that, that God calls us into. And that's, that's why it's so difficult. Because it's just sort of unfathomable for us. Especially if it's an emotion. But I don't think love in the Christian sense is just primarily an emotion. Love is an act of will. We show love when we do things with and for others. When we are willing to walk into situations where we don't have the upper hand, where we're the people who have to learn, where we might have the opportunity to get our hearts broken, for it not to go the way that we want it to, for there to be some risk and some vulnerability involved. But that's what we're called to do because that's where Jesus went before us. He went into that space and place of vulnerability, of powerlessness. Even as the Son of God, it says He poured Himself out completely for us, that we might know who God is, that we might know what God is about. And so it is on us then to try to figure it out. That's the Christian life, I think, is trying to figure out what does it mean And what does love require of us? If we believe God is a God of love and we believe that the centerpiece of what what Jesus was trying to teach us was that the, the best we can do, the best we can model ourselves after is to love God and to love our neighbor. That's what the Christian life is. It's trying to figure out what that means for us. How do we love God? How do we love our neighbor? And it's never going to be easy. It's never going to be easy. It's hard enough to love the people that we're around all the time. Just turn to your spouse or your kid. Right? 
I mean, that's, it's, it's, it's difficult. If it's an emotion. If it's an emotion. But there is something, there is something about... Sorry, I just lost my train of thought. It's more of a broken track train. You guys just figure that out? Yeah. Yeah, he, he got it. Okay, yeah. Let me get back on track here. I want to read First John chapter 4, verses 10 and 12. 10 through 12. Where is it? Dear friends, actually starting with verse 7. Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed His love among us. He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that God loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us. And His love is made complete in us. We know that we live in Him and He in us because He has given us of His Spirit. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in Him. So how are you showing love? Where, where is the love that you have with your closest, the people that you're closest to? You know, if you're married, with your spouse. If you have a lover with your lover. Where's that relationship? How about with family? Brothers, sisters. What about with coworkers? Where's that? How how are you how are you living into and those are tricky, aren't they? Especially the coworkers one. And then beyond that, what about the people who God would say to us? I want you to go to them. I'm sending you to be a city on a hill. I'm sending you to be a light in the world. I'm sending you to to be my light and my love to those who most need it, to those who feel the most unlovable, to those who don't have hope, to those who don't have resources. How are you showing love out in the world? 
Because we can give lip service to all kinds of things, and we can say, I love this, I love that, I love the other thing, and we throw that word around a lot, but until we begin to show something, that's when we begin to know where that love really is and where it comes from. So today, just ask you to consider the question. How is it that you are loving God? And how is it that you are loving neighbor? If love is not an emotion, if it is more an act of will, not you will, If it is an act of will, sorry, that just jumped in my head. This is Will Catterton, everybody, just so you know, will. This is will. It's an act of will. It's just will that's going to do... I'm sorry. If it's an act of will, what are you willing in your life? What are you willing in your life as it comes to loving God and loving neighbor? And what are you committing to in this season to show forth the love that God has given you and given me through His Son as He poured out His life for us to be the light of the world. Let's pray.